0: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
2: Aaron Rodgers has seen the light, like actual physical light. He's out of his darkness retreats. Is he going to be on his way to New York next? We discuss right now, Canty and Carlin, ESPN radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80. And on your smart speaker, ESPN radio presented by progressive insurance. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Gabe Knight. So we are in for the guys today. And to help us talk, through potentially Aaron Rodgers heading to the New York Jets, is Willie Colon, SNY NFL analyst and Super Bowl champion. Willie, we appreciate the time. And now that Rodgers is out of the darkness retreat and actually can be contacted once again, are the Jets, is that what they're doing? Are they waiting for an answer, a definitive answer from the Packers on whether or not Aaron Rodgers is available before they go forward with any quarterback plans they have?
3: Yeah, they have to, and uh, I think at the end of the day, you have to realize this is this is a make or break. I mean, Joe Douglas has done a fascinating job, um, a marvelous job of really putting this team together with young talent and core talent. Now, if you figure you have guy Wilson at the receiver spot, you got Brees Hall, you got a great office alignment in Elijah Vera Tucker, um, and then defensively, I think at one of the best secondaries in the league, it's a matter of the missing piece, and the missing piece is our quarterback. Considering. That Zach Wilson up up to right now hasn't lived up to the expectations that he set and the organization that's set for them. So, and Aaron Rodgers is the goat, man. You know, say what you want about him, he's a hell of a quarterback. Has done you know, an outstanding job in his league. Former MVP. You gotta wait to see if he's in or out, or if they actually have a fair shot at him. And so, I don't blame them kind of taking their time because I think for Robert Sala right now, you know, he has got the defense up to par. The offense is young and hungry. And the one missing piece is obviously Aaron Rodgers, so uh I don't I don't blame him kind of waiting and seeing what he does.
1: Alright, Willie, let's say that Aaron Rodgers tells the Packers he doesn't want to be there anymore, please trade me, and they do trade him to the Jets, or they get to that point. Knowing that he is in that GOAT territory, a lot of times you can't tell those guys anything. They go and march by the beat of their own drummer. Right. How right. necessary is it for him to put that attitude and everything behind him show up for OTAs be there for training camp and start to gel with this group knowing that it's a young group and he's the one on the outside potentially coming in
3: well listen I think that was the whole um, purpose of bringing Nathaniel Hackett because of their relationship you know this time of year like everybody else in media, we try we start to connect the dots and you had to think when you brought in Nathaniel Hackett, he was going to be the bridge for Aaron Rodgers to cross over and believe in this young team. And I think right now for Robert Sala, um and Joe Douglas, you need Aaron Rodgers to walk through that door because I think he's not only the missing piece, but he also extends their career, especially Robert Sala. And I think Aaron Rodgers, as far as him gelling with the team, you know, I'm not worried about that. When he walks into that locker room, all those guys are going to be enamored and they're going to march to the beat of his drum. And I think sometimes we got to give Aaron Rodgers grace, especially with him this year. You talk about how he handled a great Bay Packers rally. It wasn't good that he kind of stomped on his young receiving core early in the season. But they, they ended up turning it around. The defense failed them early in the season. They turned it around. Um, he dealt with injuries as far as the broken thumb and the fractured ribs. But overly, they were able to kind of finish you know fairly on a strong note. Obviously, I think you have to you know, just realize this was a reboot year for Green Bay. But I think if there was one bad side to him, being a Packer this year is that I think the front office, they're a little fatigued. This man started the season talking about he he, he smoked the ayahuasca. You know what I mean? They had a rocket season and he went into a cave. Um, and now we don't, we're don't we all kind of sitting on pins and needles trying to figure out if he's going to be a Packer or not. Um, so I, I I think right now if he does come to the New York Jets, I think they're going to welcome him with open arms. I don't think there's going to be any pushback about what he wants to do or how he wants to kind of run that office. And I think they got a guy on the and- team you hack it who they understand who he is.
2: Talking with Willie Colon, SNY NFL analyst and Super Bowl champion here on Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Courtney Cronin filling in today for the guys. Would the Jets be okay with just a one-year commitment from Aaron Rodgers, or would they try to get at least two years? If, If they were to trade for Aaron Rodgers, say, all right, Aaron, we need two years out of you, because it's kind of been year to year the last few seasons for Rodgers.
3: Right. Yeah, I think the smart play is to get two years. And I think the hope is not only for him to do go out there and be who he is, which is the GOAT, is also to develop Zach Wilson. You know, Zach has been on record saying he's always looked up to Aaron Rodgers. He's always the one to play like an Aaron Rodgers. So now he has two years, potentially, if he signs on for two years, yeah. of not only devo- developing um, – you know, Zach Wilson, but also being a bridge to kind of hand over the ball. Like, all right, you're ready. Because Robert Sala at the end of the season has said he's been on record. Like, we understand we haven't, we you know, we haven't done the best with Zach. We don't know if we really, you know, putting him out there that early was probably the best move. But nevertheless, they said they're not giving up on him. They're going to try to unlock his potential and what he can do because you know he has the athleticism and the arm power. It's about him being competent with an offense and being more efficient. So uh, I think it's, it would be in the best interest, not only from a football standpoint, but from a fan standpoint. They just haven't been the playoffs in like 13 years. They they want somebody to take them to the promised land. And with this talent and that defense, Aaron Rodgers, they, those numbers and that stock goes up
1: talking with Willie Colon, Super Bowl champion and SNY NFL analyst. We don't talk about Zach Wilson much anymore because it feels like it's either Derek Carr, it's Aaron Rodgers, maybe it's somebody else, but let's say... This thing works out where they are able to get a veteran quarterback in. What is the future for Zach Wilson? Is it, okay, Aaron Rodgers is there for a couple years. They move on. They go back to Zach Wilson. What if it's Derek Carr, who we know is 31 years old and could be playing for the next 10 years of his career? What do they do with Zach Wilson, best-case scenario?
3: Well, I think you continue to be patient with him, Um, and it's hard to tell Jet Nation that because they feel like they've been patient forever. Um, but I also, you think you got to understand, you got to build an offense around him that he's he's efficient enough to run uh, on 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 any given Sunday. You talk about what Baltimore did for Lamar Jackson, they customized the whole offense for him. You talk about what Buffalo did for Josh Allen, they was able to customize the whole offense and really rein his arm power in. So hopefully they're able to do that, um, and we'll see what happens. But this is what happens when you draft a young quarterback, you put him out there early, you got to kind of go through that maturation period. He has to be humbled, which I think he was. And I think he realized that this game is is hard, and it's not an easy game, and it's not a me game, it's a we game. Now he's going to have to rely and trust on the young guns around him, and he's going to have to show up for them as well.
2: Talking with Willie Colon, SNY NFL analyst, Super Bowl champion, Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Gabe Neitzel. So, Willie, if you take a look at this, are the Jets kind of the best team for any of these quarterbacks, whether it's Rodgers, Garoppolo, or Derek Carr? Are they the best option for any quarterback this offseason as you look for it? And that's what allows them to be patient because everybody's going to wait on them to make a decision?
3: Well, I think the Jets are in a situation where they can't miss. I think they're out of lifelines. Bringing in Zach Wilson, you draft him that high, they expected him going into his third year to be better. And obviously this year, if you watch him against the Patriots, if you watch him towards the back end of the season when he was in, man, his confidence was shot. And he had wide eyes, and you tell he was just at all, uh, maybe not at all, that's the wrong word, but he was you tell he was down in the dumps. And that's tough you know, for your young quarterback to be out there constantly thinking, not feeling like he's playing his best ball. And for Christ's sakes, I mean, the team turned around and threw on a bunch of Mike White jerseys to campaign for him. That doesn't help a guy in the locker room. But at the same time, I think Zach Wilson owns a lot of his mistakes and owns how he, he played out there. For me, if I'm the New York Jets, not only do you have to wait on Aaron Rodgers, but if Aaron Rodgers isn't available, you have to hopefully think what well, you know, what's next what's next man up. It may maybe Derek Carr or maybe even a Lamar Jackson. So um Derek Carr, if I'm into the Jets, I'm I'm okay with it because you have Todd Downing there now. They have a relationship. Um, Derek Carr, from right now, I think in the middle of his career, I think he's a serviceable quarterback. He's a bridge quarterback to a young guy to, like Zach Wilson to kind of cross over and, and be that guy. Um, but, and you also understand Derek Carr is built for that market. The guy has been through a lot within nine years uh, as a Raider. He had you know at least six head coaches. He had to deal with the whole John Gruden debacle. Um, I thought he handled the whole Henry Rugg situation marvelously. I thought he stood up and he had been the face of that locker room for a long time. Now it's just a matter of him just forgetting what happened in Las Vegas and realize that New York is, is going to be on him. And I, But I think he's strong enough to handle it. And I think those young guys are going to respond well to him.
1: The one name that you mentioned there we haven't talked about yet. We have to bring it up. Lamar Jackson. Can you sell me on a reason that – the Baltimore Ravens after tagging him, let's say it doesn't work out. Why would they trade yes. him in the AFC knowing that, you know, at some point they would have to face the jets and you know, that's <laughs> eating crow is not something a lot of teams want to do to have the Correct. guy come beat them. But can you see him potentially as a jet?
3: Well, I think if you do trade him, you trade him for draft picks, right? You talk about the Baltimore Ravens rather, They have a strong defense, but they have no, they don't have a lot of weapons other than JK Dobbins. And, Mark Andrews, and so they're going to have to revamp ramp on the offensive line. They're going to have to get some elite receivers or some young receivers out there uh, that can can step up. I know they had Robinson and, and, and DuVernay, and, and they were all good, but they weren't as efficient, and they weren't actually a buffer for a guy like Lamar Jackson. And the problem with Lamar is, you know, with his play style, him being a dual-threat quarterback, you got to worry about his durability. And so that's why I think the Baltimore is – it's kind of reluctant for him to kind of really hand over the bag and give him the Sean Watson-type money because of his durability um, and his numbers have regressed. But I think if you get, hit, get put him in offense with elite talent on the outside like Garrett Wilson, maybe he can help out a guy like uh, Elijah Moore. you got Brees Hall behind you. you got a solid offense line and a defense. Man, Lamar Jackson may have a, You know, a, a, be a fresh breath there and kind of revamp his play style and really be a factor. So I think for the Baltimore Ravens, they get picks, which the Jets have and Lamar gets to kind of get their first start with a new offense.
2: Willie, we appreciate the time. Say what's up to uh, Evko and Babs for me tomorrow morning.
3: Uh, they're on vacation, man. Those, those guys are off uh, with their children and the slapping down kitty snacks and trying to behave uh, <laughs> with, the, with the citizens.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, that, and somebody's got to be there grinding away, and that guy's you, Willie. We appreciate it, man. No, thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Willie Colon, SNY, NFL analyst, Super Bowl champion, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. At Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you love with flexibility, great pay and benefits and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today.
3: I think that Eric Bieniemy also recognized that maybe it was time for him to move on. I don't hear many of his players come out talking about how great he is. They, they give him cursory, like compliments or whatnot, but I don't ever hear anybody say that this team could work because of him.
2: Life has never been fair. Has it been fair to Eric Bieniemy so far trying to get a job as a head coach?
3: No, but hopefully he can be successful in Washington and he'll finally get an opportunity to become a head
1: coach.
2: It is official as Eric Bieniemy was announced as the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders today. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Gabe Neitzel filling in for the guys today. And Eric Bieniemy is, despite not being a head coach, one of the more recognizable coaching names out there because of all the opportunities he's received in getting head coach interviews. However, he has not turned any of those interviews into jobs, or rather the people doing those interviews have not turned that into a head coaching job for Eric Biennemi. But because he's been the offensive coordinator of one of the most successful teams over the last five, six years in the NFL, a lot of people know the name of Eric Bienemy. And it just seems unfair, Courtney, that he had to leave a situation that was pretty darn good for himself and make... In terms of title, a a lateral move, and I know he got the bump in pay and the bump in uh, associate head coach title to go to Washington, but he also gets to call the plays now. And that had to have factored into his decision, leaving one of the best jobs in the NFL of being an offensive coordinator for Patrick Mahomes and and pursuing this, because clearly to me, he wants to be a head coach, and he wants to prove to everyone that he can be a head coach.
1: And apparently for him, it requires him leaving a place where he has been a part of so much success, Gabe, and having to go do it on his own. And I don't know if you guys have seen... I wanna, can you call them is a V is a video uh, qualifies a meme or is a meme only a photo or like a graphic? No,
2: uh, uh, I think a video can be a meme. Okay. When, well, you know, you've just like kind of put the, the Photoshop head on someone. Sure. And, and, sure. Yeah.
1: So there's like a, vi- we'll call this a meme. There's a meme out there of this car that you see a close-up, like a big scratch on the side of it, and it's a red car, and this person trying to fill in the scratch with one of those paint pen sort of things, and you see, it says like Eric Biennium trying to fix the Washington offense, and you you see like the person filling in the scratch for a little bit, and it looks a little bit better, but then the camera pans out, and you see the entire side of this car has been sideswiped. So there's scratches, there's dense there's everything on it I don't think that the situation in Washington is that bad but right now with the quarterback that they currently have under contract in Sam Howell you're asking him to make a mountain out of a molehill more or less and I really believe if you get the right quarterback in there and you give Eric Bieniemy autonomy of this offense which we believe he's going to have since Ron Rivera is a defensive guy he can actually turn this thing around It's just unfortunate that he had to go to a place where he's having to jump through more hoops to prove he can be a head coach than others. And, I I am I, proud of the fact that we have continued to bring that up, that we have continued to bring light to that situation because it's unfortunate that it seems like he it, we've kind of, you know, however this thing has gone down, it's kind of cherry picked where he's been the one who's had to do things that others who are less qualified and have not won Super Bowls to the degree that he has have gotten jobs that he has not yet. But if he succeeds, Gabe. If this thing goes according to how he has planned, there will be no more using that excuse of, oh, he's a byproduct of working with a great quarterback and a great play caller in Andy Reid. Like, it will be his fingerprints all over this offense, and for better or for worse, that could help him get a job, finally, finally. It's
2: uh, the, the criticism that gets lofted his way is unbelievable to me because I don't think anybody was saying the same things when Nathaniel Hackett ended up going from the Green Bay Packers where he was not calling the plays and had a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers when he got hired to be the head coach for the Denver Broncos this past season. Clearly flamed out of there. Now is the OC out in, in New York for the Jets. But you have people like LaShawn McCoy who just continue to say things against the enemy. Saying things like, when you talk about offensive coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dable with the Giants a very good coordinator, McCoy said. I can tell you about Andy Reid or Doug Peterson, but Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? When we were watching the film of practices and we correct the wide receivers, the running backs, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. So some criticism coming his way from LaShawn McCoy. And here's what Eric Bieniemy had to say today during his press conference about those comments.
0: Well, Leshawn McCoy is a future Hall of Fame runner, okay? Everybody's entitled to their own position, to their own uh, comments and how they feel. When it's all said and done with, I think that's all I have to say because he's entitled to his
3: own opinion. That's life. Okay, you got good and you have bad, you know? It does not impact me in any way. Because one thing that you learn when you're in this position you have to learn to eliminate distractions. All right. My job is to focus
0: on it now. Everything outside these walls has no impact on Eric the Enemy moving
3: forward.
2: Eric Bieniemy was really good, I think, during his press conference today, and the, the the main reaction I think from a lot of people on social media, where, hey, if you think that this guy was interviewing poorly, I think we can put that one to bed because he was really good in his opening press conference today and taking the high road in that situation when asked about LaShawn McCoy's comments.
1: At first, is LaShawn McCoy really a Hall of Famer?
2: Like, no. I, I, I was no, honestly I don't think like,
1: so. I was. I know he played in the NFL from 09 to 20. He had a long career, you know, all of those uh, pro bowl years that he was at, you know, with Philly and all of that. But that was a very high road sort of thing. At some point you could just look at that and say, look, I don't want to talk about it. Like everybody's entitled to their opinion, but he heaped praise, like kill him with kindness. Seems like that's the method Eric Bieniemy went, went there in talking about LaShawn McCoy. Cause this is those comments you referenced, Gabe, are not the first comments that Lashawn McCoy has made about Eric Bieniemy. And I remember hosting this show last year in May, and there was the I Am Athlete podcast that that he went on to trash Eric Bieniemy. And frankly, he's made a career in media doing this. He's on the FS1 Speak show, and he made himself a very vocal person by going out and being the contrarian, whereas everybody else is – and not saying that everybody has to be like 100% on your side, but he's the only one who has said this stuff about Eric bien publicly. And, and not—it's not a matter of always oh, the only one brave enough to say it. When you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you know, actual Super Bowl winners coming out and saying how actual great Eric Hall Be- of Famers, yeah, like legit Hall of Famers. Like no, n- you know, I understand what Eric Bintami was doing there. I can't fault him for it. But just a really interesting situation overall that McCoy continues to talk. No one's asking him for his opinion on this. We know where he stands, yet he continues to bring this stuff up. And at some point, when are you going to give it a rest?
2: Yeah, and look, I I completely understand the enemy taking the high road here, even if, and I don't know if he wants to or not, if he wants to take a shot back at LaShawn McCoy. But he knows, okay, I am now in the spotlight here in Washington. I have to let my work speak for itself, and I can't just get in a war of words with somebody else and let that be a distraction. So I completely get what Eric Biennemi is doing there. The NBA season starting back up tonight after their All-Star break. The Phoenix Suns are looking pretty soon to get Kevin Durant into their lineup after requiring him at the trade deadline. So our producer Stosh decided to come up with a fun game called Sun-Up. Or sundown. We'll explain the rules of that game and play it. Coming up next, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply.
2: Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half.
0: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
2: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, SiriusXM channel eighty, and on your smart speaker. ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Courtney Cronin, I'm Gabe Knight, so we are filling in today for the guys. And there is a lot of excitement in the NBA right now. And I think once you get post All Star break, it just feels like a sprint to the end of the regular season before we get to the postseason. And there is extra excitement in the Western Conference with some of the trades that were made a couple of weeks ago, and the biggest trade, of course, being Kevin Durant heading to Phoenix to play for the Suns. So we are going to play a little fun game. Our producer, Stosh, came up with this game called Sun Up or Sun Down, and we have a list of teams that could potentially stand in the way of Kevin Durant and the Suns. So we're going to list off the teams, and Courtney, we just have to say whether it's Sun Up which would be an advantage for the Suns, or sundown, where the advantage goes to the other team. Do you understand the rules, and are you ready to play?
1: Uh, I'm ready to play. I usually am not great with rules, so we'll see if I end up messing this game up. All
2: right, can't wait. Let's go ahead and get to the, t- the uh, first team on the list. The Los Angeles Clippers. Sun-up, sundown, Clippers for the Phoenix Suns, Courtney.
1: You know, I'm going to say sundown. Is there a sundown thing? <laughs> There's like, sundown! Like, no, <laughs> sun- it's not down. like that. It's like take it or shake it—that other game that we play here on ESPN Radio. Anyway, it's not trying to peel back the curtain too much. <laughs> I think the Clippers are legit right now, and it's not just because they got Russ. I like put all that stuff aside. They built this team and rebuilt it at the trade deadline. Eric Gordon, Bones Highland—they finally added some more shooting. Kawhi is healthy. Paul George is healthy. They're ten and four over the last month. I think this team is legitimately going to make some noise here in the second half of the season. Could they end up shaking things up for the Phoenix Suns? Yes. So, sundown for that. Starting off on a high note. You know what? I... (sighs)
2: I thought that me saying sundown was going to be like the shocking one here, but you beat me to it because if there's one thing that I know about the Clippers is that Kawhi Leonard can play some great defense and that would be a tough matchup for KD. KD is going to get his, but I think of the last time that they made a deep run in the playoffs or not even a deep run, but made it to the semifinals was when he was with Brooklyn. He was worn down by PJ Tucker and just was having trouble in that overtime game seven getting Shots up. He was so exhausted. I think Kawhi Leonard could do the same thing over the course of seven games. So I'm with you. I'm saying sun down for the Suns against the Clippers.
1: Wait, can I get like a little bit of explanation as to what the crickets are? Is that like mean like the sun time. is
2: going down? Yeah, it's nice. Sundown. Okay. Crickets.
1: All right. All right. Sorry. Uh, on, dusk. Roll,
2: roll with it, Cronin. Come on. <laughs> all right. Sorry. The see, Denver Nuggets. Number two. Denver Nuggets. Sun up or sun down? I just want to say sun up just to see what the uh, sound effect is.
1: Uh, okay, oh, right. sun up. <laughs> sun up. Again, sun up. Can I hear it? Sunbrush. I don't like the Denver Nuggets. I think they're boring, and I don't think they're going to get past the conference semifinals the way that they always tend to do. And Nikola Jokic is a great one-man team. Yeah, Jamal Murray's healthy, but is that going to do anything that's different than the last couple of years? No. Sun up. No. Suns are going to roll right through them.
2: Yeah, I I do not believe in the Nuggets once you hit the postseason because they have not given me any reason to believe in them once they get in the postseason. The Suns, without KD, have made it to a finals. With KD, yes, I am 100% with you. They roll through the Nuggets. Let's get to team number three. The Boston Celtics. Sun up or sun down for the Suns versus the Celtics?
1: Oh, sun down. The Celtics might be the best team in basketball, period. They have been rolling throughout the first half. They still have a little bit of a gap between themselves and the Bucks. I think that this team's going to win the NBA Finals, so I'm going to go ahead and say that it could be Celtics-Suns, but it's going to be Celtics and six, if you're asking me right now. Sundown.
2: Yeah, the way Tatum's been playing, and and they're going to be getting Jalen Brown back. We saw him in the All-Star game playing with the mask. This is just a team that, no matter who their coach has been, they play good, hard, tough physical defense. And I think that's going to be tough for CP3. I think it's going to be tough for Booker. They just have so many different defenders they can throw at, all these different guys. I'm with you. I'm sundown, and I think the Celtics have the advantage over the Phoenix Suns. Next team.
0: The Milwaukee
1: Bucks. (sighs) Sundown. Again, the east is like a two team race. I think if you were to ask me right now what my Courtney Cronin Vegas title odds are, I'm not going to give you the odds like themselves because I'll mess that up too with the numbers, <laughs> but it's going to go Celtics Bucks Suns. The Bucks, when like assuming Giannis can get back healthy and they can survive without him during this stretch, they are so good. And you know what? It's not just that they've been scoring at like an insane efficiency rate the last month or so. It's the way they're playing on the defensive end. And when you get Giannis playing that way, coupled with the way that Drew Holiday played, like the last time we saw them take the Celtics to overtime defensively in the second half and in overtime – those steals are what sealed the game for them. So I think on the defensive end, having looked at what happened to the Suns, losing their best defensive player in Michael Bridges, I think that's where they're going to struggle. So sun down for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I will say that they will stand in the way of the Phoenix Suns.
2: I'm hundred percent with you. I'm sun down with the Bucks as well. I think they had the advantage. I think the Bucks are the most versatile team in the league, especially with adding former Sun Jay Crowder at the trade deadline. They have a number of defenders they can throw at you. They can go big. They can go small, and the Suns kind of showed that they don't really have an answer for Giannis a couple of, from a couple of years ago when they went head-to-head in the finals, and Kevin Durant isn't, nec- isn't going to make your defense better. He's not the option that you're going to throw out there to try to stop Giannis, and th- the Suns just don't have that Giannis stopper, so I am saying advantage bucks in that situation. Let's go ahead and go to the next team.
0: The Philadelphia 76ers.
1: Sign up.
2: Yeah, I don't believe in the Sixers either.
1: Was- yeah, no, I don't believe them. I and, mean, you know, honestly, I'm kind of irritated right now because I saw in Center that Joel Embiid's still talking about his health and that he hasn't felt right. And that he's actually considering sitting a little bit until the playoffs to get some rest for himself after playing in the NBA All-Star game. So was it worth it? <laughs> to play like the second most minutes of anybody, that is just ridiculous. They're going to get in their own way as they do just about every year in the postseason and that's going to be to the advantage of Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns.
2: Yeah, if they were to somehow make it through the Eastern Conference and make it to the NBA Finals, I would think the Suns would be favored because I just don't think the Sixers have the defensive stalwarts to match up. I mean, James Harden isn't exactly known for his defense. Joel Embiid, certainly a good defender, good offensive player, but there are just too many weapons for the Phoenix Suns for I think the 76ers to be able to keep pace. So I'm with you. Sunrise. Nice little fun game. Sun up, sun down. As we what take is a look that at sunrise
1: the sun. song that that cute country song. What is that, Stash? Anybody know? Um,
3: I forget. It's Sunrise by Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan, yes. Thank look,
1: you. I'm not a country person, but now that that's going to be stuck in my head thanks to you guys. So why will I will end up listening to it on Spotify. I You're should get be- since
3: I just went to a Luke Bryan concert like last year.
1: Look at you. Are you just going to be wandering
2: around the streets of Chicago singing the one word of the song that you know?
1: I mean, do you know me? Of course I will
2: (laughs) Coming up next, Canty and Carlin. A lot of NFL news you may have missed, and we're going to get to that in three and out next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. NFL stories that we didn't have a chance to touch on today on KT and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, SiriusXM XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker right now on 3 and Out. I'm Gabe so along with Courtney Cronin, filling in for the guys today. And where we start, Courtney, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, going to be featured in Netflix's docuseries, series. Quarterback. It's a partnership with NFL films that will give viewers exclusive access to the league and Mahomes, who is the MVP of Super Bowl 57 and of the league on and off the field throughout the season. Series is set to premiere this summer. Are you in on this? This seems to be Netflix's thing. They did it with F1. They've done it with tennis. They're one on uh, the PGA tour and golf just came out and now they have one called quarterback.
1: I am in on this because you know, Netflix did the QB one series and granted that was high school athletes who were getting ready to go play division one football vastly different than seeing quarterbacks in the NFL of all ranks, shapes and sizes where you've got the goat and Patrick Mahomes and Marcus Mariota who may not be playing this year. And you've got Kirk in the middle. Um, I want to know a, how much these guys were paid to do this and b) what the access is going to look like. Because in, This is no discredit to the teams that put out their own, you know, in-season, behind-the-scenes looks. Like, general managers are the ones who get to scrub all that stuff clean. Same thing with hard knocks. Teams get to, you know have full editorial control over that this focuses on three players not three teams so i'm curious how much they let netflix in and how much we're going to get to see that we wouldn't get to see in all these other formats that people have tried before and frankly never really gave us all that much
2: yeah, I don't know if um, this is done by the same company that did those other three. Again, Drive to Survive is the uh, F1 series. Um, Full Swing is the PGA Tour one. And can't remember the name of the tennis one. But they th- those respective leagues did not have final say. It came down to the production company. If they gave that editorial control to Netflix, that would be fantastic. And I do like that it's like three different tiers of quarterbacks you can kind of see how life is different for everyone at the different levels uh, in the nfl uh there is a report out there that the rams and nine-time all-pro linebacker bobby wagner have mutually agreed to part ways sources telling that to espn rams need to uh, open up some cap space wagner wants to win so now he's going to be part a notable part of this year's free agent class and i would think that he would be a highly sought after free agent this offseason
1: would he be though I mean, think about what happened last year. Seattle parts ways with him because they don't want to pay that contract anymore. The Los Angeles Rams signed him as a free agent. Like, did he have a great season? No. Was it an okay season? Sure, but like this was the first kiss came after the first year of a 5-year, $50 million deal. So, now that he's a free agent, like he's going to get another contract and it's not going to be nearly the amount that these last couple were. So I, I think he'll sign somewhere. I mean, he'll play 10 years. The guy is a potential, you know, future Hall of Famer. But I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I just, you know, he got second team All-Pro honors. Like, for Bobby Wagner standards, that's kind of a dip off, a dip for him because of how good he's been. But I still think he can play for a long time. I just don't think the, the money's going to be there for that spot for him.
2: The part that's interesting to me here is that Wagner wants to win. I guess I just thought that the Rams are still going to be a competitive team next year. Maybe not one of the favorites in the NFC, but once they get healthy, depending upon what happens with Matthew Stafford, who's you know, stated his intent that he wants to play and Cooper Cup gets healthy, I, I just kind of assumed once that team got a little bit healthy because of all the injuries they had, they would be a competitive team in the NFC.
1: Yeah, and they went through a lot this year, going from first to worst, more or less. And, mm-hmm. you know, assuming Matthew Stafford comes back healthy... And they can hit the reset button. There's a really good profile. My friend Jordan Rodrigue of The Athletic wrote about the fallout this year of the, uh, of the F- Los Angeles Rams. I encourage you to go read it. And it explains, you know, what the Bobby Wagner signing and like what they were hoping that would be. But also just like all the unfortunate things that happened for them on the field and, you know, falling from grace from the Super Bowl to where they were. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they bounce back because a lot of their own hubris got in their way with the blank-them-pick stuff and, you know, just treating treating uh, free agency like that's the only way to build a roster. I think now they kind of realize that they got in their own way and to get back to where they were, they've got to do things differently.
2: Yeah, I mean, but that strategy, the blank-them-pick strategy works, right? It,
1: it, as long as you for, just wanted to win one a year. title. You sold your soul for one year and you won a title, that's great, but there's always fallout to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, how many fans? How many times have you heard from a fan base? Oh, we could suck for the next ten years. I just want one title. The Rams may be putting that. If you're a Rams fan, you may be putting that to the test with the Rams. Although, again, the, the, the NFC, at least right now, seems to be the weaker of the two conferences, and I think they've got a chance to be competitive next year. Again provided everybody's healthy, but everybody is getting older for that team. It's going to be interesting to see where they go. And finally, NFL veteran quarterback Davis Webb. He spent last season backing up Daniel Jones, but he's being hired as the Broncos quarterback coach, per sources. 28-year-old Webb is now going to be coaching the 34-year-old Russell Wilson in his first NFL coaching job, and it's no small task since Wilson had such a disappointing season last year, and they're trying to turn things around to Denver.
1: Good for Davis Webb. I'm thrilled for him. I covered him at Cal, and I did a profile on him in 2016. He is an awesome human being, and he was offered a spot on Buffalo's staff last season, but ended up following Joe Shane and Brian Dable to the Jets to be you know, kind of slowly easing his way in. I mean, he's a third-string quarterback. You're basically a coach (laughs) because you're preparing the starter every single week. But no, coaching is in his future. He's long said that he wanted to do this. My goodness, he has a tall task ahead of him by having Russell Wilson be his first project here. I hope it doesn't scare him away from coaching because if you can tackle this and succeed, you can do anything.
2: Interesting staff that uh, Sean Payton is putting together because also Vance Joseph, the former head coach of the Broncos, is going to be the defensive coordinator in Denver, and now he's got a really young web in a very important position at, uh, at at the quarterback coach spot. Sean Payton, of course, I think is going to be tasked with the majority of the heavy lifting in trying to make sure that Russell Wilson ends up being worth all the picks and all of the draft capital that was given up in order for Denver Broncos to get him. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, it's John. And Amber, this is Ben, Canty and Carlin.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.